Dear listener, it's a great joy that you choose to join me. This is Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. This is your favorite new life program with interesting segments just for you. Part one will be having the family life segment by Pastor Kigundundriga. Today, he will talk about adultery of the mind. Thereafter, we'll be having the Bible segment by Brother Steve Rondo. Today's topic is about who will you serve. Thereafter, we'll be having a song wonderful by none other than Parkland's Youth Choir. That you've been blessed with that lovely song. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Pastor Kigundundriga. Remember, the topic is about adultery of the mind. 
dear listener, I want to welcome you to our program, The Abundant Life, which is based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I am convinced that this abundant life moves and involves even the area of marriage. Today, I want us to look at adultery of the mind, part one. In our last broadcast, I shared some thoughts on the topic of marital intimate issues. Today, I'd like to talk to men a little more in-depth on the two questions I posed and asked you to pray about. And these are the questions. The first question is, do I look pure on the outside to everyone else, but in reality have I merely settled on the middle ground somewhere between paganism and obedience to God's standards? Second question is, do I get any sexual gratification from anyone or anything other than my wife? Now, if you do, then you aren't keeping yourself and your marriage bed and defiled as the Bible told us to do. I don't know one true Christian follower who doesn't want to be a man of sexual integrity. Yet at the same time, I believe most Christian men struggle greatly in this area of their lives, myself included. My aim in this message is not to throw stones, but to share a few pointers that have helped me and many men I know as well. First, I had to personally come to realize that I can't mix God's standards for sexual integrity with my own, because mine will always fall short of God's. It isn't a matter of what I can and can't get away with in what I allow my eyes and mind to focus on, but rather staying away from everything that even hints at being wrong. Why even go there? What's the point of playing so close to the edge? Is that kind of behavior something that would please God? Is it a place where God would want to go with you? Where there is too much confidence in your own strength, as well as reckless regard for the consequences, a fall is very likely. Obtaining even a hint of sexual gratification from a woman by writing to her, talking to her, viewing her in real life or in pictures, or on the computer or any other form where you would be embarrassed if Jesus were you is a form of adultery. And yes, if you are a child of God, he is with you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 15 to 16, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Or the woman that you are viewing as if she were one? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. The Bible tells us to flee from sexual immorality, as the Bible says that Joseph did when tempted by Potiphar's wife. We are told to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and anything or anyone that will allow for even a brief time to sexually entertain us apart from our wife that we don't flee from entangles us into sinning. And make no mistake about it, this type of sin is addicting. Experts say that it is the fastest growing addiction in the world and is the addiction of choice among Christians. Dear listener, how tragic. 
It's one of the reasons so many outside of the church point to us as a bunch of hypocrites, and it has to be angering and breaking the heart of God. As God's children, we are God's holy temple, so whatever dirt we bring into our lives, we are throwing at God as well. That's why in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 and up to 20, Paul says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So, dear listener, don't try to normalize any sexual behavior that dishonors God and your wife, justifying it as harmless or only natural or saying that it isn't a big deal because it is a big deal. You give the enemy of our faith a foothold every time you entertain your sexual appetite apart from enjoying your wife alone in your sexuality. I personally made the decision a number of years ago to flee from feeding this type of behavior. It's a continual battle, but it's worth it. For me, that means standing away from TV, media ads, and any images that are the least bit suggestive. It means that I starve my eyes to such an extent that whenever a woman or an image of a woman begins to tempt me to think impure thoughts, I instantly remove my eyes and mind away as many times as it takes until it is gone. It's a matter of starving that which I don't want to grow. I only want to feed that which is beneficial to the health of my marriage and my spiritual life. If I look like a fool to others, I don't care. I'm not viewed as a fool to those most important to me. That is my God and my wife. I come to realize that holiness and purity achieved by a series of choices that I make every day. For me, the choices that help me are, one, to set no vile thing before my eyes, that is Psalm 101 verse 3, two, to put death, sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires, that is Colossians 3 verse 5 and 6. Men, I pray you'll join me in making the choice to live according to God's standards for purity. So, become accountable to another man whom you can trust to hold your feet to the fire over this serious matter. Number two, search for the help God can bring your way for a way of escape when you are faced with temptation. Number three, above all else, pray for purity as David did in Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So, women... I want to add something to help you as well. I urge you to follow the advice of Laura Hall, who wrote the book, An Affair of the Mind, One Woman's Courageous Battle to Salvage Her Family from the Devastation of Pornography. In it, she said, Don't condemn yourself. A husband will work hard at convincing his wife and others that his sexual addiction is a fault. He does this to lessen his own guilt, but don't subscribe to such thinking. Beating yourself up is non-productive and pointless. It also invites self-pity and therefore sin. Remember Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is Romans 8 verse 1. 
As authors Linda Dillo and Lorraine Ponder say in their book Intimate Issues, God doesn't want us to condemn ourselves, neither does he want us to deceive ourselves into thinking we are perfect. We should always be open to correction and change. But God's way of achieving transformation is through loving instruction, not brutal condemnation. They continue and say, How are you doing with the battle in your mind? Are you refusing to compare and condemn? Are you thinking right? If so, you are free to begin doing. The first item on the to-do list is to increase your understanding and its dangers. So, husbands and wives, we pray you will flee from sexual temptation and sin. Do what you can to sexually enjoy each other only. Refrain from even the appearance of evil and educate yourself on these matters. Do it for your sake and also someday help to educate your children before their minds become exposed to the things that can draw them into such addictions that can ruin their lives and marriages. Did you enjoy that family segment? This is the New Life program coming to you from Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send us your thoughts about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 4276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now have an item from Parkland's Youth Choir with the song, Pass It On.
Thank you once again for staying tuned to our station. It is now time for the Bible segment. Brother Steve, welcome and bless us with the word. Who will you serve? Our key text this day comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1 to 3, and also reading from verses 14 to 26. I will read in excerpts. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Sechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your forefathers, including Terah and the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped their gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir and Esau, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Going down to verses 14, I will read. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua wanted no fence straddlers and decided people or no shows at the polls. And apathy wasn't on the ballot. Each Israelite had to make a choice. The same choice facing mature stewards of every age. Will I worship myself, someone or something else or God? Will I be faithful or faithless? Pastor Roger P. Howard deplores a lack of dedication to the Christian faith or American sin. One of his sermons comments. Comedian Dick Gregory once spoke about how the lack of commitment in American churches seem stems from freedom. As long as we are free to go to church on Saturday, or not to go, there will not be much zeal. It takes oppression and hardship to regenerate religious fervor. To illustrate this, Gregory said that if a tank were put in front of the church door on Saturday to keep people away, attendance will increase significantly. As soon as you tell we cannot go inside, we get fiery. In the ancient Israelite situation, Joshua could imagine what would happen tolerating the gods of the Canaanites was tempting in a land of easy choice. Joshua knew how fickle his people could be. Why not accommodate all faiths, they asked. Why not put all truths and beliefs on an equal footing so that no one can take offense? Now that the people have arrived in the promised land, 
it will be easy to placate the local folks. Perhaps there will be no benefits to serving other gods. The times were good and dangerous. He urges the people not to give up the fire in their belly, their zeal for the Lord. He not only offers a choice in where they live, he offers them the choice of a God too. But Joshua calls them to choose Yahweh alone, the God who led them out of bondage into freedom and to the promised land. Likewise, to be a Christian means to put Christ first and not to worship anything or anybody else. It means sacrificing many options. Christianity cannot be practiced on the edges of our lives, but only at the center. God wants converts, not adherence. When you say yes to God, you have to say no to something else. Jesus pressed hard decisions on will-be disciples. He tested the depths of conviction or the shallowness of attention. What will be our choice concerning our commitment to God? How shall we respond to God's goodness to us? Shall we be loyal to the God whose love is steadfast toward us? More money was spent on lotteries last year than was given to charities. What God do we serve? In fact, far more money was spent on tickets to sporting events than was given for the work of God. Are we carrying any idols? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How about you? Will you decide to sit at the fence and put one foot in the church and one outside? God does not want to look on people in the church. Think about this, brother. Is there anything that keeps you from having zeal for God? How does Joshua's description of God in Joshua 24 verses 19 to 20 give you new insight into God's desire for your life? If someone looked over a list of your expenditures for the last month, what will they deduce about your spiritual commitment? What about if they looked over your schedule? Joshua challenged the Israelites to a life of devotion to God. Uh, we read the scripture passages listed above and personalize Joshua's word as if he were speaking directly to you. How do you respond to Joshua's challenge? Joshua challenged the Israelites to a life of devotion to God. Take your time and read the book of Joshua the whole of chapter 24, especially verses 1 to 3 and 14 to verses 26. Now how will you respond to Joshua's challenge? Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love and we thank you for the much care that you've given unto us, your children. Even Lord, when we were in sin and when we worshipped other gods. Lord, you suffered for us. You died for us on the cross to show how much love you had for us. Lord, this day you have talked to us and you have told us to choose. Father, I have chosen to serve you. Please take me and use me. As for me and my family, I will say like Joshua, I will serve you. I have prayed all these things, trusting and believing in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
We are grateful for the time you've accorded us today. That is me right here at Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100 Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awr Until then, stay safe, stay blessed, and let's join hands to stop corona spread. Oh